my wonderful friends, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time, welcome to BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM. If you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me on 0401-305-077. Please just don't be shy. Text us during the program and if you have a question or a remark, you can do that. Again, the phone number is 0401-305-077 or you can email us at info at faithfm.com.au. You can also visit our website, faithfm.com.au. Our theme for this week is the Bible and end time events. And our big questions, how can we find rest for the soul? What is the symbol of the sun? We dealt uh, just the other day with who is the Antichrist? That was a big question. And today... Who is the final superpower? We are going to look into this uh, program today to discover the final superpower of uh, our days. Also great to have with us uh, today David DeLima, who is the South Australia State Director for Family Voice Australia. Great to have you with us uh, back uh, once again, David. Thanks, Nick. It's good to be here. You know, every week passes very quickly. It does indeed, uh, yes. Yeah, Friday comes back again and uh, very happy to have you with us. Uh, as we are looking into some uh, uh, breaking news to say so, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, today it's interesting that uh, we are talking about the last superpower. Mm. And uh, David, um, news of this week here in Australia for mm. us, um, euthanasia, an election issue. In Queensland. Wow. That's right. So that's the hot topic of the week. And we're very disturbed to find that the government of Queensland is saying to the people, vote for us and you'll have euthanasia. Uh, They think they're on a winner, uh, and perhaps they are. But uh, it'll be many people who'll be losing out. It'll be the elderly, the infirm, the handicapped, you name it. We see this in other parts of the world. And what we're looking at really here, Nick, is government taking too much power to itself. And this is really tying in with your theme about the superpower Mm. and um, can you share with us a little bit uh, what's your view on this yes yes indeed well the two parties have a different view on the matter you've got the governing party saying euthanasia is a great idea and you've got the opposition party saying it's not a great idea but how are the voters to decide Uh, we're not going to see the bill we're not going to see an exposure draft we don't know what it's going to mean and so the people are really being asked to sign a blank check now that's not how democracy ought to work we we should be able to um, make a decision about who we elect and we should certainly invite them to tell us what their broad policies are but something of a life and death issue such as euthanasia we need the precise details well ahead and not just in the last few weeks before the election and uh, making people basically sign a blank check and not know the detail. Mm. And this is what uh, really um, catches 
my attention mm. because when you start to approach some sensitive issues like this mm. and make decisions just because you are in power and yes. using that uh, yes. power you have at hand that can be very dangerous because right. you can dictate all sorts of things you can indeed a power is a wonderful thing but a very dangerous thing mm. and it's like fire you know it's a, a helpful servant and a terrible master and as Edmund Burke said uh, all that is uh, necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing and uh, it's also the case that uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely so don't give me any power Nick and I hope you won't have any power either because we know what we might do even David uh, uh, a man after God's own heart uh, he had the power to take that woman he had the power to destroy her husband and he used the power and everyone around him could see what was going on and no one said a thing mm. and also good and interesting you brought that um, uh, story you know mm. that experience with David the King David of mm. Israel um, we are serving God and if we are about to listen to God and do the, His will, mm. we wouldn't run into so much trouble exactly. as we do today. Exactly. Uh, we need to recognize that even Christian people on a bad day can do stupid things. Yes. We all do it, and we all need to have a kick up the backside now and then, but we need to be restrained. We need to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, as the Scriptures say, and in politics we need power structures which deny the opportunity for corruption. Mm. And so, um, here in Australia, we've got a very good civic system, although Queensland is a bit different. But um, I was just going to ask you, yes. David. I mean, uh, do we have a bit of history there, well, we of, do. Uh, a bit of corruption? We and, do. Yeah? yeah. What you can say about yes, that? Yes. Well, a former police commissioner went to prison and was uh, stripped of his knighthood. Uh, Queensland has a very poor record of corruption, and um, a report into the matter identified the lack of an upper house in Queensland as being part of the problem. So Queensland, uniquely in Australia of all the states, uh, only has one House of Parliament. That means that government, when it's elected, it can just do what it likes, whereas uh, elsewhere you've often got the situation where government doesn't control that upper house, which means that whenever government wants to do anything, it's got to make sure that its political opponents agree, and if they don't agree, it won't happen. Uh, if it's a good idea, usually both parties will say, yep, that's okay, away you go. If it's a bad idea, then government will be caned, uh, wrapped over the knuckles, shall we say, by the opposition party and by others who may control the upper house Mm. And so you see that uh, constantly. Uh, you see it federally as well because we've got two houses of parliament, the House of Representatives where government is formed and you've got the Senate where government doesn't usually have the numbers. Mm. And that means that it's got to negotiate, it's got to temper its views, it's got to be subject to inquiry. This is fantastic for democracy. It makes government life absolutely miserable and so it should. <laughs> and, you know, um, as you just mentioned um, earlier, uh, it's good to have... Uh, uh, that system mm. in place mm. to keep on, um, you know, uh, those people with the big guns, to say so, or which they think they are in power to do everything what they yes. like, yes. to keep them in in check, you know, yes. to say so. That's and, right. And to, until you you sort that out an issue, a sensitive Correct. issue like this. But, uh, David, just before we uh, move on, 
What would you like to to say in this regard? I mean, uh, mm. what, what the Queensland uh, government yes. is, is talking about? Well, uh, Queensland listeners, I think, ought to contact their members of parliament and demand that the detail be exposed before the election. Mm. If it's going to be an election issue, as the government promises, let's see the detail. Then at least people can vote intelligently instead of the government saying, just, just elect us and away we'll go, we'll make the decision afterwards. It's not acceptable. Uh, it, it's not really the Australian way. It's not the The Westminster model, uh, it might fit better a model, say, in the United States, where there's uh, much more power in the presidency, and I mean no disrespect to President Trump, but he's an extremely powerful man, and mm. that really sets the alarm bells going, doesn't it? Mm. Because we need to deny power and not concentrate power. Mm. And we may uh, talk a little bit about this also later on, but David, it's so good um, to being able to have you on our program again today, and. Uh, Um, I wish that you'll uh, bring uh, to us again some uh, breaking news here. <laughs> yes, I look forward to it. <laughs> And uh, just to remind you, David is the director of Family Voice uh, Australia here in, uh, in South Australia. I'm very happy to have you with us. May God bless you. Thanks, Nick. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Yes, welcome back. You wouldn't miss that wonderful book. Please just ring us, uh, write us an email, whatever you want to do, to get that uh, free book in your hands because it's an amazing uh, book. We are talking about power. Uh, we are going to look into the final superpower uh, for this program, but uh, we uh, also uh, want to hear a song here about the true power, and that's There is power in the blood. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power. Just blood of the lamb Would you be free 
Indeed, there is power, power in the blood of the Lamb. People are looking for power in this world, but our God, Jesus Christ, is promising power through His blood because He died for us. He shared His precious blood for us. You may heard about the Cold War. The two great superpowers, the United States and the USSR, the president had not only been given to denouncing the Soviet Union as the evil empire, but had long been interested in the concept advanced by the religious right, preordained nuclear conflict with the Soviet Union, sparked by an incident in the Middle East. These are some articles uh, long ago now, but uh, history can prove this. Reagan had indicated his absorption with the Armageddon. Versation going back. This is back in 1971. In that year, recalls James Mills, former president of the California Senate government. Reagan told him in a dinner conversation in Sacramento, for the first time ever, everything is in place for the battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Christ. These are political figures talking about this. President Reagan feared that the prophecies of Armageddon will come true. He feared they would lead to nuclear war with Russia, and so he focused himself on overthrowing the USSR. In 1992, faced with a military crackdown in Poland, Roland Reagan and John Paul II secretly joined forces to keep the Solidarity Union alive. They hoped not only to pressure Warsaw, but to free all Eastern Europe. And I can uh, testify on this coming from Eastern Europe, from a communist country in Romania, and I witnessed myself the collapse and the fall of the communist regime in Romania. I was back, called, uh, back in the army at that time, and I could see with my own eyes how the dictator Ceausescu was taken out. Now, with everything in place for that leader in Romania, we never thought that that would happen. I was in Bucharest at that time, as I said, called back in the army, and I could see the movements on the street in the, on the 22nd of December. Everybody knew that the regime is very strong and uh, they had planned for uh, their lives uh, in many aspects. We were building big fortress, fortresses in Romania. And one of them where I was working was called the uh, Romanian uh, Palace of Parliament. And we knew at that time that they have provision and to live underground for 20 years. But nobody thought that they will be he will be thrown out in a day or two because there was another hand at work. Coming back to this leaders uh, we mentioned about uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, in that meeting, Reagan and the Pope agreed to undertake a clandestine campaign to hasten the dissolution of the communist empire. This was one of the great secret alliance of all times. Since that time, the United States 
has become the dominant global influence in all key areas of civilization. Politics, economics, culture, military, technology and science. Not to say even closer to us that uh, we are facing right now all sorts of movements in the political world. China, for example, cast itself as the global savior, while USA and UE focuses on virus at home. Right now, second wave of this uh, virus coming back and uh, the political movements in all aspects are very, very strong. The two great religio-political powers of our time, we are going to discover this uh, in this program, but before that, we are going to just take another short break and we'll be with you in a moment. Again, we am, I'm going to play a song, Power to Redeem.
Welcome back. Uh, my uh, co-host tonight is Mark uh, Wilson, and Mark is a pastor and also an evangelist. Uh, Uh, Mark, it's very good to have you with us uh, today. Oh, good to be here again. Thank you, Nick. Hey, Mark, um, we are talking about the um, last superpower mm-hmm. in this program. Now, uh, we, are, we were mentioning about uh, some political movements and even happening here in Australia. But let's go to the Bible, uh, Mark. Uh, if, we, if we go in Revelation 13, mm. Revelation 13 predicts two superpowers from the time of Christ to the end of time. Yes, indeed. What would you like to say in this regard, Mark? Well, anyone that reads Revelation 13 um, can see that these two beast powers, the beast represents a kingdom, a nation, a power. Um, you know, in Daniel 7, there are four beasts. It represents four nations and powers, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. So God uses animals or beasts to represent kingdoms, and we got two of them right here in Revelation 13. And we dealt with uh, some of that uh, language in uh, previous programs mm-hmm. and identify some of, uh, you know, those beasts there. Yeah. And uh, if I throw a question to you, uh, Mark, uh, today, there are two superpowers uh, represented in Revelation 13. What is the first power? The first power, if we want to go by, um, there are different interpretations. But the common, the most, um, the most proclaimed um, view from the Protestant Reformation has been that the first beast represents the Vatican. Mm-hmm. or the Church of Rome. You know, this is not a discriminatory against people, of course. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a nation, a kingdom, and it is a super state, the Vatican. Even though it's only a small kingdom, 105 acres or something like that, nevertheless, it has ambassadors to nations all over the world, and nations all over the world send ambassadors to the, uh, to the Vatican. Yeah. So it's a religio-political power, the Vatican, and... Um, Uh, the Reformation taught that that is represented by the first kingdom mentioned in Revelation 13. Um, it's a power that receives worship um, and so on. In fact, it was the John, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, that says that this beast or kingdom represents you know, the Vatican, the Church of Rome, the mm. papacy. All right. And um, as, uh, let's look at just a couple of clues here, if we can. Um, there are two superpowers represented in Revelation 13, and we're asking the question, what is the first uh, superpower? Now, in um, Daniel 7, also 7 verse 3, Revelation 13, 1, we can uh, look in uh, these uh, passages here, and um, we have a, the first clue here. Can we mention that uh, it will rise from the sea? A yes. highly populated area, yes? Yes, sea and land are uh, uh, locations for where kingdoms come from. And sea, um, according to Revelation, I think it's chapter um, 17, verse 15, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, sea represents peoples, multitudes, nations, you know, populated areas of the world mm. where many nations and kingdoms. And, and this is where one power arises up dominant over others and so on. We even talk about the sea of people or a sea of people today that, you know, were at a, a great event or something like that, um, a whole crowd of people we use like a, uh, the language of sea of people and so on. We still use that image today. But land, so the first beast, it comes up out of the sea, out of the populated area of the world. This is the old world, you know. This Middle East is, you know, probably the oldest part, and then we have Europe. Um, the new world, we would call, was uh, the new discoveries of um, United States and, and, you know, later on Australia and so on like that. But um, the old world, representing by the sea of nations, is the area where this kingdom comes up. Um, The Revelation 13, the first beast, is a parallel in its identifying marks to the little horn in Daniel 7. 
they are the the the, the similarities are striking and uh, are to be identified as the same as the same power. The little horn in Daniel seven on the fourth fourth beast, and the first beast from Revelation thirteen. And again, the Protestant uh, scholars, or the you know, they they were very careful in this, and um, they saw this uh, unmistakably pointing to the great super religio political power of um, the Vatican. The second beast, of course, is is um, completely different. It's it's a beast that comes up out of the land. In Daniel seven, all the beasts came up out of the sea, but the one this one here comes up out of the land, which is the opposite of a sea. In other words, it comes up out of a less a sparsely populated area. It's a new nation in a new area of the world. Um, and so we are to look for a, um, a, a power that becomes a global super state, one mm-hmm. that can influence the world, that comes up in a new area of the world. Of course, when we look at the second beast, the most, most striking um, identifying mark, and I think you know there are many identifying marks, but this one is enough to tell us who it represents. Mm-hmm. It, it says it's the beast comes up and it has two horns like a lamb. And yet it speaks like a dragon. Of course, dragon represents Satan, you know. Yes. So it, it is a lamb-like beast. It has two horns. Horns is a symbol of strength and power. So this nation, this new nation that comes up out of the new world um, is lamb-like. Now, 26 times in the book of Revelation, the lamb is a symbol of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. In fact, he's referred to as the Lamb 29 times in all the Bible, mm-hmm. 26 in Revelation. It's unmistakable the Lamb is representing Jesus. So here is a nation that has two strengths or, or powers to its, to its uh, g- government or nationhood that is Christ-like. In other words, we have a, uh, a new nation coming up out of a, the new area of the world, sparsely populated, that becomes a global superpower because it influences the world at the end of time. Yes. And it's Christ-like. Well, there's only one nation. Really, we don't need to go to any more identifying marks. We all know what we're talking about. Yes. The centre of Christendom today is the United States. Yes. Hey, Mark, uh, I'm just taking a short break right now. Play another song and we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Please stay with us. This is Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A.
Again, this is Nick Rita, and we have uh, Mark Wilson with us here today talking about the last superpower. We are identifying here a power which uh, pretty much everyone on, on this earth will uh, acknowledge that uh, we're talking about the United States, uh, Mark. Now, keep uh, telling us about what, how can we say that from the Bible? Yes, well, I mean, it's very important. Just read the, read the text in Revelation 13, 11 to the end of the chapter. It describes um, this second beast. And, of course, as we mentioned before, the most significant identifying mark here is that this is a nation, a beast representing a nation, that it comes up out of the earth. It comes up, in other words, in an unpopulated area of the world. And that's not Europe. Mm. That's not the Middle East, mm. you know. This is a new nation, uh, a new area of the world which grows into a very powerful nation. And um, it, it has two horns like a lamb. And horns are a symbol of strength and power. Yes. So this is a nation that, that has two lamb-like, Christ-like because the Lamb represents Jesus in the book of Revelation. So it's a very clear identifying mark that this is a Christian, Christ-like nation. We're not talking China. People talk about China being a big, uh, you know, maybe rivaling the United States. <laughs> or even Russia coming back. Yeah, or Russia coming back. But neither of those are Christian nations. Mm-hmm. You know, China certainly wouldn't say that they were a Christ-like nation. Um, when it's not saying that the people are not Christ-like, but it's not a nation founded on Christian principles. Yes. And neither is Russia. But the United States is. Now, for that matter, Australia, um, we come out, I guess we were founded from a convict from the, not necessarily founded on necessary Christian, Christian, Christian principles, yes. but certainly the United States was from its very beginning. And they, even, the, you know, in, in God we trust. Correct. They came out from the persecution of the old world in Europe and they wanted to set up a new nation, a nation that did not have a king. And a nation that didn't, well, they didn't want to have a pope mm-hmm. to dictate uh, religious views. They wanted independence. They wanted civil freedom and religious freedom. And they founded a new nation. And it has become the greatest nation on the earth. And the Bible is requiring of this second beast power to be a superpower. Mm-hmm. It's a power that influences the world to pay homage to the first beast. This is where we talk about this mark of the beast issue. Mm-hmm. It is a power that must influence the entire world to enforce an act of false worship to the first beast and this is what the mark of the beast is so. and we are going to deal with that in a, in a later yeah. uh, program the mark of the beast and a few other aspects yeah. you know but yeah let me just read to you what John Wesley said as he wrote um, a commentary on the book of Revelation John Wesley the great reformer founded the Methodist church and so forth um, he said this of the second beast he said he is not yet come though he can't be far off for he is to appear at the end of the 42 months of the first beast. 
Now, he's referring to a prophetic time period that the first beast, if it represents the Vatican, the Church of Rome, um, reigns supreme and, and carries on uh, uh, great exercise of power over, over the world um, for a prophetic period of time of 42 months. 42 months, Bible days, 30 days to a month. This is 1,260 days. And as just about every Protestant commentator has noted, these these days represent years. And so we have the 1,260 years, the era of the Middle Ages, um, of the first piece of the Church of Rome, which reigned supreme. It ruled over kings and queens of Europe and so forth down through the Middle Ages. But then it received a deadly wound, and uh, the deadly wound happened under the French Revolution, um, with Napoleon inflicting a wound upon the Church of Rome and, and actually outlawed the Church of Rome, wanted to destroy uh, the Church of Rome at the time. And even Catholic uh, historians uh, note this in their history. This was a very difficult time for mm-hmm. the Church of Rome. But at that time, that's the end of the, 30, the 42 months, 1260 years, um, at that time, the second beast is arising out of the earth, the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And when you look at this, um, the Protestant uh, writers, as they interpret this, applied this prophetic period from 538 AD down to 1798, and just the after, the, a few years later than the French Rev- Revolution, where the second beast would be coming up. You know, in the early, what we would say, the, what, the early 19th century. Yes. Now, the United States declared its independence from England in 1776 and uh, voted its constitution in 1787 and adopted its Bill of Rights in 1791. And this is around the time where the Church of Rome was going into captivity. It, it was uh, losing its power. Um, the Pope was taken captive. He died in exile, mm-hmm. you know, in, in 1798 um, when he was taken captive and so forth. I've been to the Vatican and I've seen it on the walls of the Vatican, the history of this Pope Pius VI taken captive by the French and exiled where he died in, Fla- in Valence a year later. Um, so this is the time the prophetic time when the second beast is rising up. And so it was in this new world, sparsely populated compared to Europe, the United States was rising to power. Mm. Uh, It's interesting when you read some of the uh, history of um, the United States rising at the time from other nations. This comes from Ireland in a paper called The Dublin Nation in 1850. Um, in the West, an opposing and still more wonderful American empire is emerging. We islanders have no conception of the extraordinary events which amid the silence of the earth are daily adding to the power and pride of this gigantic nation. Wow. And it talks about it, you know, like, like a plant rising out of the earth, yes. you know. Yes. Uh, this, this great nation coming up at the time as they saw it. Now, the United States wanted to establish, you know, civil and religious freedom. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus is a lover of freedom. Absolutely. You know, he doesn't force the conscience. He believes in freedom. So much does he believe in freedom, he allowed his own people to crucify him. Mm. And so freedom is a very important thing. And out of freedom comes democracy and and so forth like this. Um, But uh, America would change, it says, um, you know, and and ultimately speak like a dragon. Um, The Constitution in 1789 was uh, voted the Bill of Rights in 1791, and they actually um, passed an amendment to the Bill of Rights, and this is Amendment 1, Mm -hmm. that Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So the United States, it provided, for the first time in history, mind you, 
This is the first time in history that a nation has done this, a total separation between church and state. Because in the Middle Ages, church and state were combined. Absolutely. And we can see what's happening right now, actually. We're going back to that time. Well, we, we see the risk of that taking mm-hmm. place if the church wants to influence government. And, and it has. And yes. it does in some places around the world where the church almost dominates the state. It's starting to do that in Poland. Yes. Um, and in some other countries and so forth. But uh, the United States provided a total separation. The first time any nation on earth had guaranteed complete civil and religious liberty... And it was known in history as the American experiment at the time because the other nations, which were monarchies ruled by kings and so forth, didn't think it would work mm-hmm. uh, and thought it would fail. So this, this is a power, the Bible says, had two horns like a lamb. Christ-like allowed freedom of religion, civil and religious freedom. Um, a young Christian nation but becomes a most powerful, um, dominant nation as it grows in power. Now, um, this nation, when you read um, further into the prophecy of Revelation 13 about the second beast power, it would ultimately take on a global role where power and control would become more important than peace and liberty. It would uh, lead the world to worship the first beast represented by the Church of Rome and it would enforce the mark of the beast. So it's beast number two, kingdom number two, which is the, uh, America, that would lead the world to enforce a mark that would exalt the power and authority of the first beast, which wow. represents the Church of Rome. Um, they're two superpowers. They're both, are, you know, uh, the first one is a religio-political power, um, the papacy. The second one is a Christian nation, but will turn and it will abandon these principles of freedom, these Christ-like principles, and speak like a dragon. Mm-hmm. And this is a change, perhaps, that we look for um, that is going to come one day at least uh, in the enforcement of the mark of the beast. Well, what, what's interesting also that, that it looks like a lamb, which symbolizes Jesus, but will have two horns and will speak like a dragon. Yes. That's, that's very clear in the Bible to depict the, this movement. Well, it's a metamorphosis that's going to take place, isn't it? Is the change is going to come. And if, if you look in trends, you know, I mean, there are times when the church today, the Republican Party is dominated by, um, you know, um, right-wing Christians. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump would have got the power unless he courted favor from the church. Because they dominate the Republican Party. Yes. And, you know, obviously a time is going to come where the Christian right in America is going to uh, push for more Dacronian laws Mm -hmm. that will ultimately pay homage to the first beast in this mark of the beast issue. So we see a coming together of church and state um, as we approach this final prophetic crisis that the Bible talks about. And that how, how the nations, uh, you know, uh, speak, you know, because you, you mentioned that, you know, will have a voice, how they will act. Yes, well, it, it says out. that this, this beast will, will both speak and, and uh, lead the world to worship the first beast. And the nation speaks through its legislature, through its laws and so on. So this is what's going to happen. So uh, laws will be enforced that will um, ultimately pay homage to the power and authority of the first beast of Revelation 13. It's a religious issue, in other words, an act of worship. Now, can be a, a, a law enforced 
by a very small nation somewhere not known to influence the whole world? No, well certainly not Australia. <laughs> We've got no force influencing the world. What did uh, China say of Australia? We were like a piece of gum under their boot or something like that in <laughs> some report. But, Which um, again means that uh, that power who will enforce and uh, you know, put laws in place uh, must be uh, global superpower. Yeah, it, it, look, this, this, this is very clear. If, if we don't see anything else out of Revelation 13, whatever these powers represent, they must be global dominant powers that, that have a global voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the second beast that has such a global voice that it leads the entire world to pay homage in, in the enforcement of what the Bible calls the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. So it has to have, you know, it has to be a globocop. You know, it has to have some push. It can't be a little nobody country. Yes. Um, and certainly it has to be a Christian, founded on Christian principle, because it has two horns like a lamb. To feed the clues in the Revelation 13. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. And, you know, how many, how many countries um, were rising up at the beginning of the 19th century mm-hmm. um, in a new world founded upon Christian principles that grows into a giant power able to influence the entire world. I submit to you, there's, you know, people say there's two sides to every question. I think this is a totally one-sided question. There is no other nation that fits the description other than the United States of America. Yeah, have, having a global dominance and a mixture of politics and uh, religion. Yeah, that's, yes. that's right. In America, it's similar because you have, um, while the total separation of church and state, you know, today there are church groups who want to get rid of that. Yes. They're warring against it. They want to rid uh, the separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to see the church have more power in politics. Yeah. And that's dangerous when a church is meddling in politics, I believe. But mm. that's what um, the trends that we're seeing, and, and that would have to take place in order for the church to have such power in politics to enforce an act of worship to this uh, first beast. So church and state are going to be eroded, these principles, and we're going to see more of the voice of the church dominate the state. Um, All right, then uh, what is the final key issues that divided the world? Do you have an idea to talk about this? Well, the final issue, of course, is is this mark of the beast issue that is brought brought to bear in Revelation 13. But it's the second beast representing the United States that leads the world to enforce it says you know that they it says to the world that they should make an image to the beast mm-hmm. um, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as who would not worship the image of the beast should be killed even a death penalty right. capital punishment is going yes. to come um, an image of course is a likeness and uh, so it sets up a likeness to the first beast. And the first beast is the Church of Rome in the Middle Ages, which was a religio political, you know, it was a church state union. Um, you know, this is nothing new, that, but the Church of Rome during the Middle Ages dominated the state. Yes. Kings did the bidding of the popes. And this happened throughout history. Uh, more or less in the Middle Ages. And so we are going to see in the United States become, form an image to that, a likeness of. When you look in the mirror, you see an image. It's a likeness of. So we see a, a coming together of church and state where the church so dominates the state that laws are enforced, which are unchristlike, which mm-hmm. are paying homage to um, the power of the Church of Rome. And so this mark of the beast issue, that is the final issue. That will divide the world between the saved and the lost at the end of time. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, uh, no, in between the, the great controversy in between Satan and God, what is the, uh, the issue? The there? issue is worship. The issue is worship. And, and reading Revelation 13, I think the word is mentioned at least four times. Mm-hmm. Um, we're warned in, in God's last day message in Revelation 14 not to worship the beast or its image or receive its mark. Yes. But we're called to true worship of the Creator. So worship is the issue. And so, again, this is not some um, – it, it's a religious issue that uh, Revelation brings out. It's, yes. it's a worship issue. Uh, that a law is going to be enforced, which is in effect an act of worship to the authority and power mm-hmm. of the Church of Rome. Mm. And this is going to be led, it'll be led um, and enforced in America, and every nation of the world will follow suit. All right. Then, Just taking a short break again here uh, to advertise this wonderful book. Uh, please uh, get your hands on this book. I was hoping that this will play, but looks like it's not about to play. Maybe we'll come back to that one uh, a little bit later. Let's let's continue, uh, Mark. Here, uh, we have a few more minutes left. It's not that much left here. How can we bring it a little bit together? Well, um, you know, Revelation thirteen and fourteen. I, I would just say the people, please, you know, open your Bible, read these chapters. They are exciting stuff. And they speak to the very times in which we live today. Um, And if we just read them carefully with an open mind and just note down the identifying marks that the scripture presents, that identifies the first beast of Revelation 13, the second beast of Revelation 13, the identifying marks are quite clear. And remember that whatever nation that God is referring to, the Holy Spirit is referring to here, um, all identifying marks must be fulfilled. In this power, not just one. We shouldn't look at this and say, "Oh well, we think it's Russia, or we think it's you know something else." But all identifying marks, and I and I believe the the historic interpretation of the Christian Church, um, certainly the Protestant Church or Evangelicals, as we call them, uh, they may have changed their interpretation today. But the the historic view, you know, every every Reformation Church, the Church of England, the Methodists, the Baptists, the Congregationalists, the Presbyterians, all of them were united on the correct interpretation of what this uh, first beast was. Mm-hmm. No wonder John Wesley says, we believe this is the Romish papacy, he said. Yes. Uh, unmistakable, the identifying marks. Okay, this is not um, uh, criticizing any people. It's just this history. The Bible is showing what powers Absolutely. Are, are there in the last days that are going to play a part. And you need to be aware of that. We need to, to be, be able aware to of that. take a stand. Correct. Look, know. let's just play um, that uh, ad right now and we'll be back uh, in a sec. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family, or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM at 1-800-324-843. Welcome back again. This is uh, Drive Time on Big Q&A. Today, uh, Nick Rita and Mark Wilson talking about the last superpower. Mark, what can we do to make sure you avoid joining those who disobey God? Love and obey God. (laughs) (laughs) 
look, that's a very good straight answer. Yeah. Yeah. Look, let me let me just. Um, there's an interesting um, text here in Revelation thirteen sixteen, talking about um, the United States, the second beast. Uh, that he he causes all small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. Now it's beast number two that leads the world to accept the mark of the beast, of, which is beast number one. Beast number one. Mm-hmm. So we have got the United States and the Church of Rome, and it, it causes people to receive a mark on their right hand or forehead. Now this language about this mark on the right hand or on the forehead is very interesting, because. When you read Deuteronomy, God says he wanted his people to obey him. Yes. Speaking of his Ten Commandments, that you love God supremely and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said about these commandments, the Ten Commandments, you are to, you are to um, write them upon your forehead, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and as a mark upon your hand, as, as bind them around your hand. Uh, he uses this language of the forehead and the hand as for the people to, to be reminded to keep God's law. Now, Jews today do this literally. Yes. With this uh, phylacteries, I think they call yes. it. They wear the box on the forehead. You need to see them at the Wailing Wall. Yes. Western Wall. Or the have, Orthodox Jews. You yes, know, or they, that, they have yeah. the leather wrapped around. And in that, they have texts from Deuteronomy, which are quoting these things about the, having the law on their forehead and on your right hand and so on. Mm-hmm. They do it literally. They quote these texts, which is a reminder to keep God's law. Now, of course, God didn't want us to go and put a box on our head necessarily, but it was a, it was a reminder to keep God's law. Now, what's interesting in Revelation 13, this is twisted, because where God wants his law in our forehead, which means in our mind, mm-hmm. or right hand, governing what we do, um, here we have the beast power. These, these unholy coalition of these two beasts enforcing a mark which is to be on our uh, forehead or our right hand where God's law should be. So all I can say is, look, you know, this is a counterfeit that's going to take the place of God's law. So those people in the, in the end who love God and keep his commandments, they won't have any worries about this uh, end time mark and mm-hmm. so on. Revelation 14 calls, uh, says that God's people... Um, they here is the endurance of the saints. It says, "Here is the faith of the saints." Here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. So, how to avoid this unholy coalition or whatever is going to come out of this? Love God yes. and keep His commandments. Yes. Go and read the Ten Commandments. How many people know the Ten Commandments? Open up Exodus chapter twenty. Read them. This is what God wants to write on the table of our heart. This is why Jesus died on the cross. And if we love Him and keep his commandments, we don't, we'll have no worries about this uh, mark of the beast uh, um, situation that's going to come. And I like what you just said a bit earlier, abide. Abide in Jesus. Abide in him. You know, and um, one of the last questions we'll ask in the, in the next minute, you know, just to finish with, uh, what promise is made to those who are persecuted for the sake of Christ and his righteousness? Because we have uh, here in Matthew chapter mm-hmm. 5, verse 10, a beautiful uh, passage here. Can you just uh, take us through? Well, this is the wonderful you know, Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. Jesus was persecuted. Mm-hmm. And if we are persecuted too before our faith, let's, let's t- trust him. Yes. He will help us through. All right. Let's take quickly three points to take home to remember. The first beast of Revelation 13 um, is the same power of the Antichrist. We dealt with that. The little horn of mm. Daniel 7. And the, we identify as the Roman papacy. The second beast of Revelation 13 is the final superpower in history. We call that the United States. Yes. The key issues that will divide the world will be worship 
like linked to link, obedience. Linked yes. to obedience. Thanks, yeah. Mark. Are you willing to worship and obey <coughs> the Creator God in every part of your life, even if it means that you may suffer as a result of your faith? This is the question we we like to leave you with. And also, well, I'm going to jump in and say yes. <laughs> thank you very much, Mark. Uh, would you be able just to uh, to say two words of prayer, just to yes. finish? Uh, dear Father, we just uh, thank you for the word of prophecy that speaks to us in our contemporary society. Uh, Lord, uh, yes, a, a final crisis will come, but we also want to know that we can have a relationship with the true Christ, and uh, if we love Him and choose to be faithful to Him day by day, we can be preserved. And uh, we'll be immune from this great uh, act of false worship and, you know, w whatever's going to take place. If we have our relationship with Jesus, we're on the right track. If we love Thank him, you. keep his commandments. Amen. Thank you very much, Mark. May God bless everyone there. Uh, next program is the Mark of the Beast. Please uh, don't miss uh, that one. Mm. Oh, oh, oh. 